What up, bro? What's good? Not much, man. You all good? All right. Let me know one. Dakota Conwell, appreciate you coming on for our first podcast episode. It's a pleasure to have you. What's what's the world of Dakota looking like right now? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me yeah. on. Proud of you, man, for starting your own thing and, and trying to get this podcast going. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, but right now, just in my life, just, uh, you know, we just expanded. So we're sitting here in Sky's gym. Um, we just moved in May 1st. So we uh, got our court over there, then our weight room over here. So we've just been been grinding, been getting after it, setting up the gym, painting. You know all about it. You're helping us out. So, um, you know, just getting everything organized, new equipment, writing programs, getting new kids in. It's the summer, too, so we got college kids home mm-hmm. and kids looking to get ready for camps and football season. And then volleyball, our club volleyball is ending right now. So we've got a lot of kids coming over for training for that too so we're busy man but that's absolutely how I want to have it man I want to not have any time in the day because uh you know when I sit around that's when I get bored and I I don't know what to do so uh just keep it going man keep keep providing a place where people can come and get better yeah that's awesome and you you definitely put an emphasis on like kids being first and that's part of uh sky right yeah absolutely man so you know our, our uh our mission is to develop the skill and knowledge of today's youth uh, so we do that through training, but it's really more than training. As you know, it's a, it's a mentorship program. So we have athletes that have been to the highest level, college, high school, whatever it is, that, that have already done it. Um, and then they're coming back. Basically, our coaches are coming back to help the next generation out. Um, and it's a really cool thing, man, because, you know, you're in here, you're working, you're watching these kids grind and have a dream and a goal and go achieve it. And you're helping them do it you know like our clients always say like their goals are our goals so yeah. you know, i mean you you want to go play in college next year like that's that's my goal too man i want to help you go do that so mm-hmm. what's the best thing i can do to help you get there and um you know just just really just trying to focus in and, and develop great programs for people to, to learn get better and see the hurdles that they're going to see you know going to that next level because it's not easy yeah. you know hard things are hard for a reason so it's not going to be easy to be a, a collegiate athlete or a really good high school athlete or run your own business. But, you know, coming in here every day, hopefully you can start learning the process of getting better and, and pushing past those hardships and, and, and making them easier. Yeah, no, definitely. I know, especially with like transitioning from high school to college football, it's a big difference. I know the speed of the game definitely picks up. Absolutely. And the size, definitely being an undersized linebacker for uh for D1 it's it's going to be a struggle to get like used to all the things so like what's some advice you could like give some high school athletes preparing for college yeah absolutely man the the biggest thing you can do is get yourself ready to go so what does that mean that means getting yourself in shape cardio wise at the next level you, you play so much faster so that means that you have to be in that much better of a shape to be able to play at that speed time and time and time and time again so that's like a one big difference when you're in high school and you're one of the better athletes your athleticism can kind of just take over and you don't maybe necessarily have to go 110 miles an hour to be still one of the best players yeah. in the field but once you get to that next level whether it's d1 d2 one double a d3 like you got to go 110 miles an hour every single play so that's definitely a big thing. The speed of the game is definitely a big difference. Like from when I was at Upper St. Clair to when I went to University of Arizona, played linebacker. Um, I mean, everybody you go to school with was the top player in their, not only their high school, their 
their section, their county, their their state. Like they're all the top guys. So the star players. Yeah, exactly. Stars. Yeah, you're taking the cream of the crop. So you got to elevate your game to a new level. And part of that is not only being in shape and being stronger and more explosive, focusing on your quick twitch muscles and things like that, but it's also the mental part of the game. Mm-hmm. The more you don't have to think, the faster your body reacts and, and can make plays. But if you're sitting there thinking, you can be the fastest, most explosive player on the field, and you'll be the slowest kid on the field because you don't, you're not processing information fast enough. So that's another thing is just really understand your schemes, your gap responsibilities, understand help defense. That was the biggest mm-hmm. thing. So I played in your defense that you're going to do next year because Coach Castile, your linebacker coach, he coached me at Arizona. He's yeah. our D coordinator. So a lot of that 3-3-5 stack, like you have to have a lot of gap responsibility because you don't have that three tech in there for you. So mm-hmm. as a linebacker, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, you're coming up on guards, on tackles, on power, on zone, and you have to be able to play both ways, both sides of the gap. So you got to be strong and be explosive, play 110 miles an hour. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, especially playing linebacker, you got to be – Low, low up in your head and make sure like you're about that. Mm-hmm. So I know you played uh, D1 and D2 at Arizona and then at West Liberty. So mm-hmm. you played uh, linebacker at Arizona, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. And then you played quarterback at West Liberty. Yep. Yep. So what was <clears throat> your transition from high school to college knowing that I was a quarterback in high school, but now I'm being switched to a linebacker? Like, did that, did that affect you mentally or? So for me as an athlete growing up, like I was just, I was always a football player, man. I played every position growing up from running back to fullback to quarterback to linebacker to defensive end to safety. I mean, literally pretty much every position. So I think first and foremost, like for any kid too, like, first of all, you want to be an athlete. You want to be good at every sport you play. You want to be good at everything you do. And then when you play football or whatever sport it is, be good at every position that the coach puts you at because on each team, there's different needs. Like when you're in seventh eighth grade you might not have a, a quarterback who can get you the ball so maybe you got to play quarterback but maybe you're really a, a receiver or, or a running back so you know it's just about adjusting to do what's best for the team um as i got into high school you know i started as a safety as a sophomore and then um quarterback as a junior and senior but i also played defense i played linebacker and safety so me getting recruited when i was in high school was more about trying to play at the highest level mm-hmm. so whatever position that meant i was going to do so I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know, if they wanted me to play safety, if they wanted me to play running back, if they wanted me to play linebacker, quarterback, like I was just wanted to play at the top school. Yeah. So I was getting recruited. Most schools in my recruiting process was recruiting me as an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like kind of where my measurables were stacking up, height, size, speed, all that. Um, and then a couple schools were kind of like hinting at like wildcat quarterback and things like that, but I didn't really – feel that they were too serious about that Mm -hmm. so how what ended up happening was uh I actually committed to Pitt my senior year and then all senior year I was committed to play outside linebacker and at the end of the season there was a coaching change and the coach uh Tony Gibson who recruited me out to Pitt he went to Arizona and was uh brought me out on a visit maybe a month before signing day in the middle of January 90 degrees out in Arizona Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't. They had a need for linebackers, so they were, you know, hey, you're going to come here and play as a true freshman. Like, we're not redshirting you. You're going to play. And so as an 18-year-old kid, man, yeah. you're like, yeah, I want to go Take play. Take opportunity as soon as you can. At the, in that Pac-12. So, you know, I, I decided to switch my commitment and go out to Arizona, and that came true. I played as a true freshman. I played in – I was hurt for one game, so 10 out of 11 games as a true freshman, lettered and everything, special teams, played at linebacker, came in against – Arizona State, which is a big rival game, and pretty much played the whole game at linebacker, 
Um, so it was a great experience, man. Got to play at the highest possible level um, of football and, you know, got to do it with a, a good program and, and good coaching too. So it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And then just through that process, a few different things happen, you know, through injuries and, you know, maybe being far away from home and some things like that just, you know, wasn't really fitting for me. And I, I just kind of had like a awakening of, I'm going to go do what I want, love to do, which was I remember playing quarterback and just loving having the ball in yeah. my hands each play and going to make plays and being a running quarterback and a throwing QB. Like growing up, I watched Pat White and Cam Newton yeah. and those type of guys. I loved watching Michael Vick and those guys run around and make plays. So I really had like a passion for that after my injury. Um, and so I decided, hey, I'm going to go play quarterback. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if that meant going to a smaller school uh, where I found myself at West Lib and uh, – couldn't couldn't appreciate the coaching staff there you know I appreciate them so much just for them taking me on and giving me a scholarship giving me a chance to play quarterback I started there for three years and about to have a lot of fun so two different experiences but two great experiences to help me get where I'm at today mm. so you said you had you first committed to Pitt and then you ended up at Arizona what were uh, some other places that, that wanted to recruited me yeah yeah so I tell a lot of kids too like go, like this time so going into your senior year like in the spring right that's like the biggest time um for you to get offers going to all these camps right mm -hmm. so that's why it's really important to like take your training in the off season very seriously and your diet very seriously and focus on 40 and speed and quick twitch muscles and stuff like that so you can get in front of these coaches because they're going to see your film and if your film is good enough that's going to put you in a category now if you're a five and four star they're going to see your film and you're going to be offered yeah. like right when they see it because it's going to jump off and then if you're like a four three you know star you might have to go in front of them and they want to see you move a little bit because your mm -hmm. film checks the box but they want to make sure you fit the size category you fit the speed your hips are fluid whatever it is um, so I went to a lot of camps in my uh, going into my senior year and schools were interested hey come out to our camp we'd be interested maybe offer you we just want to see you in person so I went to Toledo they offered me Pitt offered me at the high school um, Temple offered me, uh, Maryland, I went down to their camp and ran a great 40 and vert and all that and offered, went up to Penn State and had a really great camp and they actually didn't offer me there, but they wanted me to come back. Um, so those were, I think, five offers I had and then Arizona ended up being the six. Dub V was recruiting me. What was weird at the time though, when I was a senior is all the local schools that I would have probably wanted to, if I, you yeah. know, if I if I'd have done it again, I would have loved to go to those schools because growing up, those were who I watched: WVU, Pitt, Penn State. But all of them were going through coaching changes at the time. So, mm -hmm. West Virginia was getting Holgerson at the time. Pitt just Graham left and went to Arizona State, and then uh, I think who came in? Chris came in, and then Penn State was in between Paterno and and their next coach. So it was a weird time to be like locally. Um, so I think that also played a fact in me ending up in Arizona. But, uh, you know, the recruiting process is fun. It can be frustrating, you know what I mean? But uh, you just got to put yourself in the best situation, training and obviously playing. I mean, nothing beats Friday Night Lights. So yeah. going to make plays and being one of the best players in the area, that will speak for itself. So, mm. I know uh, definitely with recruiting, like in the schools <laughs> that are interested in you, what is one thing when you were in high school, like you looked out for, like if, if this school had this, I knew I was going there. So what, I, what this actually ended up being a factor. One thing I really wanted was I wanted to be at a college town. So I wanted yeah. to be at a school where like that school was like the biggest thing in the town. And I like Pitt and I'm local, I'm from Pittsburgh. Like I love the city of Pittsburgh. But I guess when I was at that age, I was like, you know, you're kind of like mixed in with the Steelers and you got the Penguins mm -hmm. and all that. 
And so when Arizona came and talked to me and I was like, what? And I went out there, I'm like, wow, like the whole city of Tucson is about Arizona football yeah. and Arizona basketball and baseball, like their sports. So I thought that was really cool, especially in college, like, you know, that, that small town feel where everybody's at the game on Saturday and like the whole basically state, like that's how WVU is. That's the yeah. Steelers of West Virginia yeah, right there. Everybody shows up to those games. Exactly. The whole yeah. state tunes in on Saturday. So I think that, that was one thing I was looking at. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where I could play. You know, I'm I, I'm the type that I got to be on the field. Like, I want to be out there making plays, making it happen. So I wanted to have an opportunity to play. Um, and then I wanted to be, you know, at a school where we could compete to, to actually win games. You know what I mean? I didn't want to go to a complete rebuild. I wanted to be somewhere where we we're going to compete. And Arizona was a little bit of a rebuild and new coaching staff come in, but they weren't far away from being – good like they had Gronk there and stuff yeah, when you were there were you surrounded by like a lot of five stars four stars or was that not big yet with the stars? no the stars were still a thing uh, it's hard to remember because like honestly like that stuff hypes you up in high school and as soon as you get on campus some stars don't mean anything bro mm. it's all about who comes to play man so I don't know I don't I couldn't even tell you who was what star you know what I yeah. mean like once we got out there we were all the same star you know what I mean mm -hmm. we're trying to earn our spot so you know, I, I never tried to get too wrapped up in that stuff. For me, it was like, all right, I just want to I want to be the best player I can be for my teammates. I want my team to be one of the best teams in the area. And by your team being one of the best in the area, you're going to be one of the best players too, yeah. right? And if you're one of the best players on the team and the best player in the area, it's going to speak for itself. So that was always my goal, just be the best I could be at whatever level I was at. Like even in college, I remember like I wasn't thinking, all right, what do I do to be in the NFL? I was thinking, how can I be the best player right now? You know, how can yeah. I get better for my last practice? So taking that mentality of like, let's, what can I do each day to be better? That's kind of how I looked at it. And not try to get too hyped up on the, on the everybody else's rankings and talks. Because sometimes that stuff, you know, has another mind of its own, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, taking it day by day is like really, really important. I know with training with Sky every day, we're built off of like phases with our workouts. Yeah. So building every day, every week, making sure that our bodies are developing the right way. And Absolutely. I know Especially with developing bodies, a really important part of that is diet, diet, oh, and huge. eating, eating smart. So, like when when you were in high school, I know you trained with um, ESI. ESI, yep. And did they have like a dietitian program or anything like that yep. for you? Yeah, it's a good question, man. So every time I went and trained to like go to the next level or, or get an opportunity to do that, I took all factors into consideration. And so when I was in high school. It wasn't we didn't have Sky obviously, but we had ESI and some of the best players in the area trained there. Like I'm talking pros, dudes that were in D1 college players, big time names that everybody would recognize if I were to say their names. Um, so the guy who ran it, he's one of the smartest guys in the industry. So he would have us on great exercise programs, phases, same thing, a lot of similar stuff that we work in here. I mean, I trained under him for six years and worked there too. So I mean, I I, I learned a lot from him as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so the training was a huge part, but with that, each time I went to a pro day or uh, a camp for high school or whatever, for about four or five months leading up to that camp, I was on a strict program, whether, and it was diet, it was exercise, it was sleep, like everything was taken into account. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I remember my mom would laugh cause like when I, I'm the type, when I go in, I'm all in, like, I mm -hmm. can't be one foot in one foot out. Like yeah. I'm either all in or I'm all out. And so when I'm all in, my mom would laugh. She's like. She's like buying me. I was in high school, so she's like buying the groceries and stuff. And I'm like measuring my rice mm -hmm. and how many you know grams of protein I'm supposed to eat. And she's like laughing. She's like, "You really have to do all that." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what that's what Cole told me to do." 
You know what I mean? He trains D1 guys. I want to play D1. I'm just going to shut up and listen to whatever he has to say because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so I did that, and I was in the best shape, lowest body fat percentage I've ever had, ran the best 40 of my life, you know what I mean, moved the best. Like So I was ready to go. But that took preparation. It took consistency. It took discipline. It took attention to detail. Like, you know, a lot of guys, that's why I always say, you know, our, our one motto we always say, don't talk about it, be about it. A lot of guys want to talk about getting to that next level, and they want to mm-hmm. talk about how cool it is to play at Penn State and WVU and Pitt or whoever, name the school and the pros, whatever. But are they really willing to put that work in day in and day out to get there? Then once you get there, are you willing to continue to do that and take it up another notch so you can mm-hmm. stay there and be one of the best players there? So that's what really separates everybody, man, because everybody wants to play Division One football. Everybody wants to play in the pros. Everybody wants to run their own business. But when stuff gets hard, can you push through it? Yeah, it's – like you said, all about the mental game of it. It's the biggest part, man. That, the mental is more than the physical and in, in, in sports, I think. You know what I mean? Because so I mean, as you see it, like a lot of athletes, man, you, you lose your confidence, like your whole game can be off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, you're you not f- focused on everything that you're doing. Then it all starts to fall apart. So you got to have the mental. Yeah, definitely. I know you were uh, saying about with your uh, colleges and playing at D1 and D2, what was your, like, driving factor of waking you up in the morning and this was what made you do what you wanted to do? It's um, a good question. So when I was at Arizona, yeah, I was just trying to be the best player I could be. I wanted to get on the field. I wanted to prove that I was a Division One football player, you know what I mean? And I always had, like, a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Whether people said or not. I, don't, I remember watching, like, the last dance, and Jordan would, like, make stuff up in his head, like this opponent said something or this. Mm. I was kind of – I always try to be like that, too. Yeah. Like, man, the world don't think I can make it. Like, so I'm going to prove them wrong. And whether people did or didn't, it wasn't the point. The point was I was in myself, in my own head, like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong, even, you know, even if it's just myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was at Arizona, I was like, I want to prove I could be a good Division One player, get out here and make plays. I want to prove my coach right, that he brought me out there from Pittsburgh you know, that I could play. I want to show my boys and my teammates, like, I want to prove that I, I could be here. So I remember, like, each day it was just, all right, what do I, what do I got to prove today to myself, you know what I mean, to my teammates and my coaches. So it was just about, you know, competing with myself, my teammates, all that. Um, and then when I switched to West Liberty, see, like I told you, this was like a whole kind of awakening. And when I went to West Liberty, my whole mindset changed. And there's a lot of other things that went into play. Um, but one of those things was my relationship with God and how I found Jesus through this process. And so whenever I got to West Liberty, it wasn't as much about, oh, I'm doing this to prove everybody wrong, man. I was doing it to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I got an opportunity to play quarterback at West Liberty, follow my dreams, have the ball in my hands, be a captain of the team and, and do all that. Um, you know, I was trying to glorify the Lord and, and do the best I could do there and really better myself. And it was a really good experience for me to go to West Lib because I went to a smaller school, got rid of some of the noise and some of the distractions that I let get in the way and just mm-hmm. focus on football, school, and being a better person. And going, I got involved with like this organization called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so when I was there, it was just like gratitude, man. I was just so grateful to be a quarterback, so grateful to still be playing football in college just very grateful for those things um and so it was a different type of experience but with that it made it made uh playing football like less stressful it just made it more fun when i was at that level like i wasn't trying to prove anybody wrong i wasn't trying to you know play for anybody else i was just playing for myself playing for the love of the game playing because i love to play quarterback and 
you know, glorifying the Lord. So that was a little bit of the difference right there. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned distractions. So I know with being at a smaller school, it's less people, but Arizona's roughly, would say 50, 60,000 yeah, people. 40, 50,000 people, yeah. yeah. So, like, dealing with distractions, like, how do you make sure, like, that you're not going to let that in your everyday life of a D1 athlete? It's, yeah, it's hard, man. I think the biggest thing, and that I didn't have when I went out there, was my belief and and my faith in the Lord. That one will keep you grounded, right? Having a, a, a solid foundation, a God, um, a God foundation. But then two, just staying focused on the on the stuff that you're there for. Mm. You're there to play football. You're there to get an education. So those are the two things that always need to come first. And it's easy when you're in college because there's a you don't have any parents there with you. You know, you're living with your boys and doing stuff. So it's easy to start falling into the other stuff parties and the girls and all that stuff right and that's not what's going to make you successful is doing that stuff that stuff's fun that's what every normal college kid's doing you know what I mean but you're a division one athlete you're not normal you're not that and so that was a big hang-up for me being 3,000 miles away from Pittsburgh and being out there and uh you know just kind of getting distracted a little bit with those other things and it made me not be uh you know as locked in as I should have been at times Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a good part of me transferring. It was like, that was a big focus. Like, man, I'm just going to focus on football and get my education and, you know, doing the right things. Um, so I just tell any like college kid that's going out to school, man, just stay focused on the two reasons why you're there, man. Just, those are the biggest reasons. And if you are doing other things, just that's got to be a very small part of your, Mm -hmm. of your reason for being there. Yeah. Football and education. Definitely. I know with, you said 3,000 miles away. You, you've had a, had some type of, like, homesickness or, you like, how did you how did your parents feel about it? How did you feel about being so far away from home? I know, especially after moving back and going to West Liberty, you were not that far away. Mm-hmm. So how, how did your parents take that and you take that being so far away from, like, yeah. where you grew up? Well, it was fortunate. Like, my mom, she, like, had a job that she traveled a lot. So it wasn't hard for her to get on a plane and come out. And so it was actually, I mean, they all came out to my games, my mom, my brother, my sister, my grandparents were out there for multiple games. So like, fortunately, no matter where we're at, my family, yeah. we're going we gonna to find a way to, <laughs> to come watch each other. So that wasn't a big deal. But I think it was more about like just being around like my nucleus of people that want to see me do the right thing and do well. Like when I was more local to Pittsburgh, it helped a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, when you are that far away, yeah, it's just like a little easier to like kind of drift into different things. You know what I mean? Cause the lifestyle changes. Yeah. It's so. different. Yeah. The West coast too is different than the East coast. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, it's just, and then any school, I mean, I could have been at Pitt, same thing, you know, it's a big school. There's a lot of distractions. So you got to stay focused. And I needed that, man. That was my awakening as a kid. You know, I was 18, 19 years old and like to, all right, reel it back in, man. Like this is your only opportunity to play football. And so, you know, I did that and had a great career when I switched over to West Lib and got to do great things at Arizona, too. Got to play as a freshman, so it wasn't all bad mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, you know, I just remember that was definitely a factor for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that feeling like? So you said you played as a freshman. So what's that feeling of getting on the field for the first time, playing in front of 40, 50, 60,000 people? Like yeah. you just made a tackle when you hear your name on the yeah. the, the sound system and you're just like – what like what's that feeling like inside yeah it's surreal man because it's like you grow up watching football college football as a kid and that's your dream right and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're in it and you're doing it 
making plays and stuff. So it's definitely a surreal feeling. Um, it's something that you really can't describe when you have, you know, 70,000 people screaming and, you know, make a play and stuff like that. It's definitely awesome. It's super cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's like, you know, you accomplish one of your goals. So it was a really cool feeling, man, just competing at the highest level, you know, playing across the country, playing against schools like Oregon and USC, mm-hmm. UCLA, like getting on the field and actually making plays against those guys. And some of those guys are watching the NFL too. So it's like, yeah, man, wow. All right, well, I, I, I can be here. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I belong. So it's a really cool feeling once you finally get out there and, and, and do it. But also on the flip side of that, man, I also – this is so funny. I tell people this. I was more nervous when I would go play my West Liberty games than I was at Arizona. Really? Because I think, I think it had to do with me playing quarterback. Like when you're the QB, the ball's oh, in your yeah, hands you every the play. Show. The whole show, you got to be so much more locked in. If things don't go well, you're, who's the first person getting blamed? It's yeah, the quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> um, so I remember just being more nervous. You know, and as, at Arizona, I was more of a role player, a, more of a uh, – you know, like a, like a scat linebacker. I'd come in different positions. So – um, but it was a lot of fun, man, just playing those big-time schools and, and getting to play, you know, ESPN, 8 p.m. on Saturday mm-hmm. night, rivalry game. So it was cool. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely, definitely excited for going to West Virginia. It's yeah. a, it's it's an experience that, like, I'm prepared for, but, like, I don't know what I'm expecting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know especially with the recruiting game uh, not being heavily recruited to my junior year because of the pandemic – it was a struggle to find that um, place that I could find home. And then out of nowhere on November, whatever it was, like right after a senior season, I pulled the uh, West Virginia walk-on offer. Mm-hmm. So just finding that, that home spot of like, do I go play at a D2 school and get my playing time? Or do I take my chance as a walk-on and play at the highest level possible? Like it's, It was a tough decision yeah, for me, especially absolutely. with – having offers of, to Yale, one of the best, if not the best education oh, in the yeah. world. It, it, it was a very tough decision to make. And I, it was nice to have Sky by my side through all this because it helped my decision-making process because I knew if I'm going to go to WVU or if I'm going to go to these big D1 schools, I'm going to have the people behind me. I'm going to have the training that I need. So I know, especially with Sky, it, it it's more than just – a place you can work out of more than just a place of training. It's a family here. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I really appreciate. And you, you guys have a volleyball team. Uh, we had a seven on seven football team. So what, what is your biggest accomplishment you've had for sky? I mean, with, I think, I mean, just with sky alone is probably one of my biggest accomplishments. I kind of look at it now and like I, I, I laugh sometimes because I, I like look back. I'm like, man, when I was a kid, I wanted to play in the NFL, play Division One football. But now as I own my own business and I see how I can help others, I think I'm like, wow, man, if I could go back to when I was 12 and tell my 12 year old self, this is what you'd be doing when you're older. Like I, that kid would be pretty pumped up man. that mm-hmm. you're going to be around sports. You're going to be helping athletes. You're going to be multiple sports and helping other coaches to get involved, the training kids and stuff. So to me, like this has been my biggest accomplishment more than anything I ever did on the field because it's not just about me, you know what I mean? This is about helping other people. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the biggest things too I learned from when I went to Arizona to West Liberty too is like 
whenever the focus is solely on yourself and, and what, oh, like I told you, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. That's selfish thinking. Like that's me like sitting there wanting to think like, oh yeah, I want everybody to think I'm so this or that, so good. But whenever you go to, I went to West Lib and I said I made it about God and I made it about being a better person and being a better teammate and helping people, then you're doing it not for yourself. And then you can really get outside of yourself and like really just have gratitude and, and, and be happy with what you're doing when you're not just making it so self-absorbed. And so that's why Sky's cool because it's not just me training. Like if you if you come in here and like, I don't train everybody. Like I try to make sure like everybody has what they need. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's just like if my athletes need something or they need to talk to me for a minute, like can I be available for them? You know, can I write up a good program for them so they can compete at the next level? Can I? put my coaches in a good situation so they're having fun when they're coming in here and they're they're teaching and they're mentoring and they're giving back and they're getting that same feeling like yeah. that's what I'm trying to do is like make other people's lives better you know what I mean through running mm -hmm. sky and help them and it's not so much about me yeah I know uh especially with you being very faithful and um believing in God does that does that help you when you come in here and does God play a really, really big effect on how you want to train kids? If like you want to spread your faith and spread positivity and like with your training style, do, are you more reluctant to go hard on someone or show them the correct path? Yeah. I mean, it's, it can go both ways, you know, like, my philosophy is positive vibes only, right? Like, that's our number one rule of sky. So I, I think when you train and you're working out, it should be a positive environment. You should be, like, thinking confident of yourself. And even if you're messing up, like, make it a positive experience that you're learning. But with that, there needs to be, sometimes be good orderly direction. And so sometimes you got to get on people a little bit because they need it. And I needed that. Like, when I was 17, I needed someone to get in my face and humble me and not mm -hmm. and, and let me know I wasn't – the gift to God's earth, you know what I mean? And so I had to go get humbled to learn that experience. Um, so sometimes you want to like show a kid like, come on, no, you got to understand this. Sometimes I do that with you. I'm like, no, yeah, I want you to understand it, but you got to go through your process and learn. And I'm trying to give you the answers to the test before you get to West Virginia. I mean, like I always tell you, like you're going to play for the same coach I played for. And I know that coach, he's a great coach, but he's going to demand a lot out of you. You know what I mean? So it's like a balance of getting you prepared for that so you don't get there and have a rude awakening because I'm not doing you any justice if I sit here and let you just, you know, do things that I don't think you should be doing and I don't get on you and I don't say mm -hmm. anything. That's not being a, a good trainer. That's not being a good mentor. But sometimes I got to get on you. But when I do that, got to do that in a respectful way towards people. Nobody wants to be disrespected and that's I never want to disrespect somebody. So it's about like letting them know you're stern, serious. Hey, look, we got to do it this way. This is how I expect you to do it. Um, but, you know, in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely with Sky, you have a lot of great positive people on the team. I know, especially because I train with uh, Mike Kren, oh, one, yeah. of, one of the most tough, dope dudes I've ever met. He uh, he pushes me every single day to just be better. And yeah. His vibe is just immaculate. Like, yeah. there, there's nothing like having him come in and he's just hyping you up even before you put your shoes on to lift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, someone like Mike, man, he's been a great asset to, to Sky Development. He's been absolutely awesome. Like, from day one when he came in, he's just been, like you said, he's positive. He's uplifting people. People want to come work out, un, you know, underneath of him and, and do what he's asking them to do because they see the results. They see themselves getting better, and they, and they see how much he's invested into them. Like, it's again, it's not about him. He's making it about the athlete and how can he help you. What can he do to extra to help you be better? 
Um, and that's the mentality we want here from all our coaches. You know what I mean? What can we do to help you guys? Not this isn't about us. Our time's over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm done. I play in an old man flag league that I pulled my <laughs> groin in last week. <laughs> I'm washed up at yeah. this point. You know what I mean? But I can help all you kids, man, and, and, and you know, make it about you guys. What can we do to help you guys today? And then on the flip side, what can you guys do to help yourself today? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, p- pumped up to have Mike a part of the team. I mean, he's awesome. He's been just a great asset on, like, the sports performance side of things. Jordan Barton, I, you don't know her as much. She does more of the volleyball stuff, but she's been a great asset. She mm-hmm. does strength training for, like, most of our volleyball players and did coaches. She play, uh, did she play collegiate volleyball? Yeah, she played at uh, – um, what she play, Bethany? Or, no, she coached at Bethany. She played at – why are you going to put me on the spot like this? <laughs> she played. She did play in college, yeah. coached in college, coached her own club. Now she's the head coach at Franciscan University. Oh, wow. So she's, le- she's legit. She's got a lot of good volleyball background and st- sports performance, too. She was – um, like an exercise science major and stuff. Yeah. So she's great. You know, I mean, we got the whole, like I said, the whole volleyball side is a, is a really big thing for us. We got a lot of really good coaches who played in college, like Joe Koselik. He played at St. Francis. So he's a Division One men's volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other, you know, of our coaches all played in college. Our director, she played at Clarion. So everybody played at a high level pretty much in this program. And we got KB who comes around and mentors. Everybody played for the 49ers. So yeah. played at the highest level. Um, so just trying to give back, man, and, and give what was given to us. We've had other people help us along the way. Now we got to give back to the next generation. Hopefully you guys do the same thing, and that's how we can continue to build a strong culture of athletes out of this area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, around this area you say Whippewell's a powerhouse for football, especially Absolutely. especially 80s, 90s Whippewell powerhouse of football. Even today, a lot of these recruits are getting pulled from the Whippewell. Absolutely. Um, some, some of the top names being five stars yeah. going to Penn State. Um, Donovan McMillan from Peters Township, yep. not too At far Florida. down the road. He's yep. down in Florida. Yep. Like, why don't we see as much recruiting out of this area than we do down south? Like, it, it's it's crazy to me when I look on Rivals 247, some solid sources to see who your five stars and your best athletes are in your state. Why don't we see a lot of these four and five stars being from the north and, and the east? and the, uh, it's, a, it's just – the south and west just run the game in recruiting yeah well you know i'm gonna say something a lot of us western pa people might not like it i mean whitfield is a powerhouse we're one of the top places around this area and in the country however some of those places in the south are even more powerhouses like in florida and you know parts of georgia and alabama like there are some dogs out there and there's you know what i mean so i mean we're still a top place i you know i view us like the whitfield as a as a pipeline is probably top you know, 15 pipeline in the country. I mean, out of how many different, and that's just, I mean, it's not even the whole state, you know, that's just one part of our state mm-hmm. is the Western part. So think of how many other states are cut up the way they are to be top, there's 50 states. And so if there's like four areas in each state and you know what I mean? If you do the yeah. math, like we're still a top powerhouse program, but those guys down in Florida and, you know, I mean, that's where the SEC is. I mean, you see who's winning the national championships mm-hmm. every year. It's the SEC. Yeah, I mean, when, like the big 10, they can compete a little bit of Ohio state, Michigan, but as a whole, like, SEC football has kind of taken itself mm-hmm. to another level. And, two, I mean, I think there's, like, some other things, too. Me and Mike were talking about it is, like, all that heat down there. I think that helps those guys a little bit. Like, they can be outside more often, run and playing. Um, you know, there's some science things. People say who knows what. But, I mean, it's just there's a lot of good athletes that come from those areas. And, clearly, 
they're not wrong because like those schools in Bama and Georgia, like those teams are usually the mm-hmm. best teams every year. But that doesn't mean our guys in the Whitfield can't compete. I mean, look, we got Don- Aaron Donald out of the Whitfield. He's the best defensive player in the world. Yeah. So like, it's not that we 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 do have those guys. Um, it's too. It's just you know those places might have maybe a little bit more of those top guys. Yeah, definitely. I know with. Uh playing in the whip yule there's a lot of like fun games after the season the big the 33 big 33 game, yeah, big yep. 33 game um what was that experience playing in that game so i actually didn't play in you the big 33 game yeah uh long story i don't want to get into it but there was some other things you know i didn't go to pit and went to arizona so there were some some people not super happy about that and stuff like that so but my brother played in it so i've been to the game i've seen it's a great experience a lot of top players are in the game and it's pa versus ohio so super cool um but yeah no i was uh i was all state two years in a row i was fab 22 two years in a row but i didn't play in that i got invited to the east west game but i was coming off an ankle surgery so i didn't i didn't play in any all-star game i just got ready to go play in college Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. And you, you were talking about your brother. Doesn't he? Isn't he one of the record holders or one of the top scorers in the state championship game? Yeah, yeah. So they won the state championship over St. Clair in 06. He had five touchdowns in the state championship game. At that time, it tied Darrell Revis' record. He had a record. So I don't think it's been broken. I remember there was a kid from Penn Hills a couple years ago. He had like five or five maybe. I don't know. If, I don't remember exactly. So it might have been tied. I don't think it's been broken, but – uh, you know, he played 4A football before there was – it was – the 4A was the biggest, you know what I mean? So they were playing some of the best teams in the state, and they had a really good team. So um, it was really cool to watch. And how many Whitfield titles did you play in? We played in one my senior year. Um, I got hurt. I, I got to start the game. I broke my ankle in the quarterfinal game, had to miss the semis, and then so I tried to play in the championship game, but I couldn't walk. So I, I basically started the game and then had to go out. We lost in overtime, so – but uh, good experience. I mean, we were really good my senior, 11 and two. Um, it was a shame I got hurt, which I wish I could have finished the season. But yeah. it is what it is, man. Not everything in life is always fair, you know. Mm-hmm. And speaking about injuries, like I know with my junior and senior year, my junior year tore my MCL, had to get recovered, took two weeks off, and then I went back to playing. I I just couldn't stand to be off the field. And then my 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 senior year dislocated and sprained my ankle first kickoff of the game against uh, one of the team who ended up winning the state championship mm-hmm. just whenever you deal with those injuries it, it definitely takes that mental on you more it's like you're not even worried about the injury you just the mental of like now I'm not even on the field I can't perform mm-hmm. I, I, I just can't stand to be off the field like mm-hmm. when you when you had your injury what is what makes you keep striving of like this injury is going to get better and I'm going to be a hundred percent like, and I'm going to be better when I go back to the field. Like right. what, what is that? What is that mental game? Like, yeah, it's tough, man. As an athlete, I always feel for athletes when you get hurt. Cause it's like you work so hard and then something can just be like a freak thing. And all of a sudden you can't play. Like my ankle wasn't like something like that was that threatening. Like it was, I knew it was going to heal. It just was the worst timing ever. The right in the middle of the Whitfield playoffs, like broke, chip the bone on, on my ankle. Um, so it's just, I remember that was just like crushing to me as a 17 year old kid. Cause like I said, I watched my brother five years before win a state championship and have all that. So I wanted that so bad. Um, and it was kind of taken from me a little bit just through the injury. And so I was just, I remember being upset, but 
remember just trying to be a good teammate, you know what I mean, to mm -hmm. the other guys on my team and trying to support them. And, you know, we made it to the championship, so that was great. Um, you know, had a heartbreaking loss. But uh, it's just tough, you know, to try to get through that part in your head where it's like, I want to be on the field, I want to be contributing, I want to be helping, but I literally can't, I'm physically limited. So then you got to put all that energy of like getting better on the field into getting better with your injury. So whatever that rehab is, you know, taking it serious, doing the exercises, showing up, doing extra, you know what I mean? Just really like competing with yourself mm -hmm. on that. Yeah, definitely. What are like, what are some things that you, you really follow whenever you have injuries? Like what, what's your go-to of like, say if you broke your ankle or you broke an arm, something mm -hmm. like that, what is your go-to way to get better? I like, uh, well, like a broken bone, like there's not much you can do. Like you, that's just, they got to cast it and they got to yeah. heal. Sprains, things like that, that you can kind of rehab through pulled muscles. Um, like any, I sprained my ankles a bunch. I have a lot of ankle issues. So I always still always love like contrast baths, like cold, hot, cold, hot. Cause you get that blood pumping in and pumping out, pumping mm -hmm. in, pumping out, you know, and that's the biggest thing about healing. You need blood flow to the, to mm -hmm. the area. So those Epsom salt baths always worked well for me with my ankle. Um, those are two big things that I really enjoyed. I wasn't always a huge fan of like the stem and the ultrasound, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know, like a lot of the science on it for me, it didn't seem like it worked too well, but just old school, like going back and forth from the contrast and then movement, like not just sitting there and letting it get all stiff. Like even when it is like your ankles still messed up, like, you know, get your circles in, you know what I mean? Ankle mm -hmm. mobility, things like that. Cause movement is medicine. That's what's really going to heal you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially eating right, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know uh, we preach in here eating healthy, um, getting on the right diet. So what, what is, like, the diet look like? Um, what, what are some things you can put into your diet to benefit you more rather than yeah. eating, like, potato chips or stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, get rid of the processed food. If you want to be a great athlete, you got to get rid of the potato chips and things that have been heavily processed, salts, all that stuff. You got to try to start eating leaner. You got to start trying to eat lean chicken, fish. If you want to be in shape, fish is like one of the best things you can eat. Salmons and whitefish and uh, shrimp, you know, you name it, uh, lobster, crab, things like that, like shrimp, lean meats, that's going to be great for you. Steak, that's leaner too, not like the ribeye every time, but yeah. like a filet or um, you know, like a sirloin, things like that. Um, and then just getting the right carbs in your body, like brown rice, quinoa, sweet potato, oatmeal, um, like some whole grain bread, like not putting down white bread, things like mm. that, like making those subtle adjustments and then start adding in, you know, like vitamins and a little bit of supplements, so maybe some fish oil, maybe like a joint soother, things like that, that can kind of help benefit you in smaller ways. But when your diet's right and you're consistently eating mm. like that, and then you add in those other things, then you're really going to start seeing a lot more results. And not to say that we never going to like have something we enjoy, a piece of pizza and yeah, stuff. But yeah, exactly. But just try to make it where it's like 90, 10 or 85, 15 or me, it's more 80, 20, you know what I mean? But yeah. as an athlete, you should be more like 90, 10, 90, 10. Um, you know, where you're mostly eating the right things, getting them in your body. And then every once in a while, you know, be human, live a little yeah. bit. Yeah, especially I know uh, alongside football, it comes with fun social life too. Yeah, like you 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 bond with your teammates, um, and you go out with your teammates, especially in college. You, you're that's your family. Yeah, like that's who you're gonna be around twenty four seven. 
like every day of the week you're you're with your team yep. like how, how was your experience like with your teammates did were your teammates good bad yeah no i mean that's absolutely true the guys i went to arizona with so we all were freshmen lived in the dorms together did that whole process together like those are still some of my best friends to this day like we still play in a fantasy football league most of them all live out in like california arizona like all west but we still stay in touch all the time we go even like have drafts sometimes like, i don't make it all the time because it's kind of far for me but um, like have a draft in person. So yeah. those guys are still people I stay in touch with today. And um, like we went through a really special bond. Like we were super tight. And I only was out there for a year and a half. And then I transferred a lot of the, you know, they were there four or five years, but they still have always embraced me as their brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because those guys you come into as a freshman, like it's a different bond. Because I even remember then I went to West Lip, so I was like transferring, I wasn't a freshman. So didn't have the same bond over there with as many guys, but still had some of the best friends I've had. You know, you know, one of them's gonna be in my wedding. Another one's gonna be the DJ at the wedding. Another one, of my boys coming down. So like, yeah. like you know, they're uh, they're the guys you play ball with, or like those are your brothers. You know what I mean? You get into going into battle with them every week. So yeah. you know, you see them at their highs, their lows, and you know, you just you want to see them do well. Yeah, that brotherhood is in that bond is just the stronger it is, it almost correlates to what your team is going to be like. Oh, if, you have that, if you have that strong bond between everybody, you guys are going out together, and you don't have any loose links of people that are the toxic or, toxic or the cancerous to the team, it, it really can benefit what you want to strive for mm-hmm. as a team. State titles, national titles, mm-hmm. Big Ten titles, whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. But I, I know especially with through high school, there is a lot of that – cancer that can be there just mm-hmm. because the age difference of ninth grade to 12th grade and it, it it was definitely tough through some of my experiences um moving into a new school district and having to come in in one year and then be prepared for high school football um there the place i grew up at near new, new kensington it the football wasn't the same as here mm-hmm. like it, it seems like that transition from a more underfunded organization to one of the most funded organizations in the state with a giant press box, mm-hmm. it, the money is just crazy how the people act and how they present themselves. So that transition from playing at an underfunded area or um, not as good teams, like it, it's it's really tough on you mentally to make that transition. Yeah, I could imagine that. And then being a new kid in ninth grade, coming over, a lot of those kids all grew up together and stuff, so you're having to kind of fit into that. I could see that was difficult for you. It was was definitely um, a rough patch, I would say, for a little bit. It definitely molded me into the person I am because I come from humble beginnings, just like you. And it, it definitely pushes myself to just be better than the toxic and the cancer like be better and treat people better is one thing too i I pride myself on is it goes both ways like if you respect me i respect you and it's all ties back to football also Mm -hmm. you all have to have a great bond together you have to respect each other know each other like it's absolutely yeah if you don't if you don't have respect for your teammates and your coaches you know and they don't have respect for you it's gonna be a bad team gonna be a bad mm-hmm. situation you know what i mean you gotta have a mutual respect i mean you have to like everybody but you better have a respect for everybody that's on your team so you know that's a it's a good point that you learn mm-hmm. yeah and I, I know with like playing high school football it's four years of your life mm-hmm. and it's four years that 
a lot will not forget. Friday Night Lights is something different. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the feeling of running out and seeing all your friends in the student section, your family up in the stands, being able to go to the sideline and wave to them. You're not able to do that in college sometimes. Mm-hmm. Traveling to different parts of the uh, different parts of the country, playing at big schools, small schools, mm-hmm. just when when you when you make that transition from high school to college, like why why do you feel that um, why why do you see your family and your friends like? coming to support you in a way. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but, like, when you when you play in college compared to high school, all your friends are in the stands. You go to college now, and you're, you, you don't have those same set of friends. Like, do you have the same feeling when you do when you run out? Yeah, I think I know what you're field? getting at. Well, so, like, I, I think the difference is in high school, like, for me at least, I know not exactly for you, but, like, we grew up with those kids. Like, everybody in the stands grew up – we all grew up we all know each other miss miss mm. smith down the street like so it's a little different like you're playing for your hometown like so you know everybody up in there so it's more of like that hometown feel and that friday night lights there's really nothing like it you know what mm-hmm. i mean i think that is the most special form of football because it's the most pure you're not paying kids kids aren't getting paid coaches aren't getting paid millions of dollars like everybody's out there because they love the game you get to the next level in d1 it becomes a business you know what i mean mm-hmm. you're there to play football you know what i mean you're you have $80,000 a year scholarship, basically, that you're having to earn every day you come in. The coach is making – some of these coaches making millions of dollars. So, like, it's not a joke. It's mm-hmm. 100% serious. So, college is more of a business, and especially now with the NIL and the way the college is going, it's more and more like a business. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be all fun all the time, and that's definitely a huge difference. Um, in, co- in high school, it's going to be more fun, you know what I mean, because it's not as much – pressure and then the people aren't making as much money and stuff and then when you get to the next level in pros it's even more cutthroat yeah. you know what i mean so that's just that's how it goes once the money gets involved and people are getting paid a lot of money to do what they do you're going to be held to a higher expectation you got to go meet those expectations or you're gone mm-hmm. um but that's one thing too like you know for kids out there looking to play football like i always tell them man like if you get your school paid for and you can play a lot of football like no matter where you play it like you're winning yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're playing a game you love to do. You're getting school paid for, and you're going to get an education. Like, whether you're at Alabama or if you're at, you know, Robert Morris or West Liberty or, you know, Teal College, like, you're getting an opportunity to continue to play. So many kids don't get that opportunity. So it's about being grateful for where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get that opportunity to play with the big boys at the big school, you got to keep that in mind that I'm here to play football. My success and what I do on this field is – how my coach feeds his family. Like, I didn't think about that when I was 18, but when you really think about that, like, this is how your coaches and everybody, that's how they feed their family. That's how they put a roof over their head. So they're not joking when they tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing it right, they'll get somebody else to come in and do it right for you. Yeah, I mean, look at Jackson State, what Deion Sanders is doing down there. He's bringing in some of the top players, and they're not even – are they FBS? I don't I don't. They're F- FCS. Yeah, they're yeah. FCS. They're not even one of the biggest schools in the country. Yeah. Deion Sanders is bringing in some of the top players in the country just because he's promoting that if you come here, we're going to get you your money. Like, he's helping them get these NIL deals, and you didn't have that when you were in college. So it's a big transition now from these kids being able to make money off their name. Yeah. Like, Yep. Now you can go around campus and see people wearing a Conwell jersey or a Easter jersey, yep. depending on who it is. Like yep. that that's also a, a definite confident booster. Like you have people that support you that you don't even know. And yeah. it starts your fan base 
and, and with fan base comes with social media too like how you're presenting yourself on social media what are you doing to get these followers right because um, it's not just about playing football it's about building your brand as yep. a person and i know with sky you, you've done that for yourself and it's definitely portrayed and you've gained so much following from sky and it's it's helping you develop a positive environment for these kids to come in and so when they come in what what is the thing that you're going to tell them the first thing they come in the door what is one thing you would tell them first thing i want to know when someone walks in the door is what is your goals what do you want to achieve by coming here you know if you don't know what your goal is you're just coming here shooting blind like there's nothing to hit you know what i mean like we're, we're going to see some improvement but like what are we aiming at so that's the first thing I want to know. Does the kid want to get stronger? Does he want to get faster? Does he want to become a better thrower of the football? Does he want to become? Does she want to be, become a better volleyball player? Does whatever your goal is while you're in here, and that's what's cool about Sky is we do all different aspects of training through, through skill development for your individual sport or sports performance training. You could be more focused on the strength side of things. You could be focusing more on explosive movements. You could be focusing more on speed and agility. So I need to know what you're trying to focus on and get better at, and then what goals can you have, and how can we make those goals tangible so we can actually measure and see where you're falling at in your goals. A lot of people mm -hmm. would just say, oh, my goal is I want to be a better football player. Well, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, how do you be a better football it. player? What is that, you know? What is being a better football? No, so you need to, okay, well, I play running back. So I had 500 yards last year. I want to hit 1,000 this year. Okay, so that's something tangible so we can see. So that's the end goal, but you got to have a bunch of small goals leading up to that so you can get to that 1,000. So how am I going to get to 1,000? Well, I'm going to need to get stronger. I need to get faster. I have to have more acceleration. Okay, well, then that might mean that I need to get my 40 down a couple tenths of a second or my shuttle or something like that. So then now you have another tangible goal. Focus on that. How do I get my 40 down? Well, I need to get stronger in my glutes, my hamstrings. I need to focus on hip mobility, ankle mobility. Uh, so those are the other ways that you're going to get to your 40. How do we get there? Well, then I'm going to do whatever the reps is that the coach are telling you and the sets and trust the program that we're writing up for you. So through that process, you got a big goal. Then that big goal needs to be broken into like medium and smaller goals. And there needs to be steps on each goal and how you're going to achieve yeah, it's it. It's like a progress bar. Every, every Every steps you make, it's filling up your progress to reach that ultimate exactly. goal. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can't just reach the end goal. Like, you know, when I first started, I couldn't just, my goal was I want to own my own business, right? But, like, you know, I couldn't just get to the end goal. Like, I had, okay, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta, I'm going to do training. I'm going to get these kids to come in and, you know, so it's going to Yeah. Work. So, what was your, like, progress bar? Where did you start compared to this amazing facility you yeah. have now? It's been crazy. So, we just celebrated four years in business. So, how it goes is, you know, I trained, like I told you, at ESI my whole life through college to my pro day. And then after I stopped training and didn't really make it to the NFL, I just kind of started working. And I was like, I want to get involved with training and helping yeah. athletes. So I started working at ESI, training athletes. And then that was like right after I graduated college. Um, did that for about six months. And then I kind of broke off and just was like, hey, I'm just going to provide quarterback training. I'm just going to do the skill part. I'm not going to do the strength part for now. Um, and so that's kind of when I started Sky. And that just started off just training kids at local parks and high schools on the field and just teaching them the mechanics and the fundamentals about the position. Because that was something for me as I told you, I was an athlete and I played so many different positions, but I never just focused on the skill development part of being a quarterback until I was in college. I started doing it in college and I saw yeah. huge, huge strides that I made. And so I was like, dang, bro, if I did this since I was 13, mm -hmm. I could have maybe been an Arizona quarterback. Nick Saban um, would have been hitting you. <laughs> I wish. That would be sick. I do have a Nick Saban story, though. But uh, 
Um, so started off just doing the training in the backyard and doing that stuff, right? And then I thought, you know, I can train, but I only have so many hours in the day. So like, if I want to actually make like a real business, like a big time, like a big business and have like a facility and stuff, like I'm going to have to come up with ways to get other people involved. And so then that came into a part of like building a program that has like value to get like other coaches involved to teach yeah. their sport or their position. And so I did that. And at first that wasn't as easy cause I didn't have a facility. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have like ways to like, you know, entice them to come in, but it was more of like the vision. So like showing them like, yeah. this is our vision. This is what we're about. And so I started slowly getting other people involved through football, basketball, we got into volleyball and then kind of the skill part was doing really well on the training. And then I started getting into like doing like clinics and camps and things like that. Seven on seven showcase. So kind of like bigger yeah. events to get more kids involved. And then uh, really then we kind of took off too. Cause then we got into like the club volleyball stuff. Mm. And that was just all through the hard work of training. You know what I mean? Like it all made sense. Cause we're already teaching these kids, the skill development part of their sport. We're getting more coaches involved. We're getting more kids involved. So why not put a team together where our focus on our team is competing and going and playing in these tournaments and winning, but really developing the athlete. Mm -hmm. So like focusing on teaching them the skill and knowledge of their sport and understanding that. So, you know, we got into that, had a really good first year and we just kept building on that and building on the training. And so then through that, then I was able to kind of get into green tree where I was doing training in here. Then I got my own space. We started doing training in there, then kept building from there, right? And then put in a court for our volleyball teams, and then they built from there. And then was patient. You know, we were just over there with the the strength training and the volleyball in the same space, and we were kind of mm -hmm. tight. And then finally the opportunity over here this. opened, and now, now we, we got, got this, this freaking awesome yeah. facility that we can all use and get better and all this amazing mm -hmm. equipment and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't all me through this process. I got the fortunate that I would got to be the beacon, the 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 one that kind of put it all together. But I wouldn't be here without all the athletes that have trained with us, like the Jason Sweeney's of the world, the U's of the world. You know what I mean? The shies, the Tuckers, like all those people who come in here and they put their faith in us to get them better, yeah. and their families believe in us. You know, I wouldn't be here without them. I wouldn't be here without all my coaches that have put time, sweat, and energy into this program. Um, you know, Kevin Barlow and my fiance Alexis. And there's just so many different people that have helped make this thing come true. And it's a really special thing we got going on because, you know, when you look at it, like we're touching so many different lives. Like it's not just one sport. It's not just yeah. one type of training. Like we're doing a lot of different things where we got kids from all over the city from our seven on seven team, same with the volleyball. And we got people training in here and then, it's just a really cool thing. And then you watch kids start off like in high school, then they're getting better and you're watching them improve. Then they're in college and they're getting better and they're still improving and they're still coming back. And it's just such a surreal feeling. It's like that first time I ran out of Arizona, like every day I walk in here, I'm like, wow. I look up, when I was at Arizona, I looked up and saw all the fans. Now I look up and I just see like, wow, this is from like hard work and all the different people that have come mm -hmm. in here and put it in. So I'm very blessed, I'm very grateful. And most importantly, through it all, not just myself, not all the coaches, the clients, the players, the people, it was God that did all of it, man, because this thing was God-inspired. I actually thought of this idea when I was in college at an FCA meeting, a wow. Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting, and uh, that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, that's that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that, was, that was deep. Um, 
I, I, speaking of FCA, I, I recently got into FCA through uh, West Virginia. Nice, University. that's awesome. I was gonna tell you, please do that. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it entails, but I, I met with their FCA director. Seems very cool. Mm-hmm. They meet up on Monday nights. They say a lot of football players mm-hmm. do it. They meet mm-hmm. at the football stadium, mm-hmm. the Longhouse Stadium. Yeah. So, what, what is your like connection with God? Like, how, how did you find God? Yeah, I mean, it, it came from me being at my lowest, man. Like really like well i've always had i've always believed in god i've always gone to church i've always been a christian i always believed in jesus but like when i was like a kid in high school i didn't like act on that faith you know what i mean and then going to college then you just kind of like don't really put you know at first i didn't put it first you know it wasn't in fca at arizona or, or things like that and there was an fca um so for me it was just like hit my low point i had an injury at arizona so my second year i wasn't playing football at all really and I was just getting distracted, and then like I kind of felt like I lost my identity, and there was just a lot of bad stuff. I was at a low depression, and like I remember one day, like I was just like on my knees, basically, just like, man, what do I do? Like I don't even know, you know, like how do I get to this point? You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I'm not playing football, I'm hurt. You know what I mean? I'm going down a little bit of the wrong path, and then that's when I was walking down. I was walking down the campus at Arizona, and this guy walks up to me. It was like the worst day of my life. I'm like just all full on depression that day, basically. And this guy walks up to me and he goes, hey, when you die, are you going to go to heaven or hell? And like it stopped me in my tracks, bro. And I was like, wow. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, like the way I'm living, I probably would go to hell right now, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. And then so then I started going to Bible study with this guy. And I started acting on my faith and reading the Bible. And fortunately, you know, learned a lot more through my faith, you know what I mean, through that, but that was like my eye opener, you know what I mean, like, quit living for this world, you know what I mean, you got to live for God, you got to live for a higher purpose, you got to spread that word and spread positivity into other people's lives, and that's not only going to make your life better, but it's going to make everybody's life around you better, and it's just going to make a, a, a better environment to be in, so that was where it all kind of really clicked and started, the ball started rolling. And then just kept acting on that and getting when I went to West Live, getting involved in FCA and doing church things and giving back and going volunteering at the elementary school up at West Liberty and like doing things outside of me that wasn't about me. And then that was how Sky started. Like I was like, how can I build something that's bigger than me? Like this isn't yeah. called Dakota Conwell training. Like I never wanted this to be about me. I don't even try to talk about my former playing because it doesn't matter anymore. What matters now is like how can I set up an environment, a, pr- a training place that helps other people get to where yeah, they want to go. Yeah, you can take like your experiences and give them to these all these young aspiring athletes. Yeah, like it, it really, really benefits them because you went through it. Mm-hmm. All of these coaches at Sky went through it, so being able to spread that knowledge, hence the name Skill Knowledge Youth, it, it really, it really benefits the athlete more than what they are expecting coming into sky Mm -hmm. like when i when i first came to sky it wasn't uh my mentality wasn't oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna be the best player to ever play or anything like that i really wanted to come in and really find myself like i didn't really do much training before i came to sky like it was just normal go to practice do some running make sure i'm drinking water eating the right way I didn't, I didn't have the mentality of, like, I need to train to get better. No, I, I was just stuck to, like, the normal what you needed to do. Show up to practice, do this, do that, do mm-hmm. this. But it was really upon myself. I had, like, sort of a come-to-God moment like you had of in the training aspect of 
if I want to be at the level I want to play at, if I want to go play at the highest level of D1, I really got to find myself and do the extra work. And coming into Sky, it, it just like opened up so many doors for me and connections. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm grateful to have everything that we've built, and it's yeah. it's it's awesome to be a part of it. I think like with that man, yeah, like that's that's part of it like helping kids find themselves you know what I mean you guys are all young and that's what you're doing you're searching who am I what am I going to be and you got people that have role models that have been where you want to be and they can help mentor you there so that's the most special part like you just said man Mm -hmm. there's so many kids that we've seen just grow through the program and continue to do that it's really cool I'm happy that Mm -hmm. you were able to find yourself over here and find yourself through that process and continue to do so. And that's why we've been just getting after it this off season because I want to see you continue to do that into yeah. West Virginia and have a great career there and go have fun and, and, and take that same mentality and thought process and when you get on to Morgantown, down to practice. Make it happen. Yep. Make it happen. I know uh, you were talking a little bit about your pro day experience. So go ahead and uh, dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, senior year. So like I said, I played at West Lib three years and um, – end of the year comes I got invited to an all-star game that I got to play in college it's called the dream bowls like top d2 and some one double a kids and uh, maybe some d3 players as well all kind of like a smaller school bowl game but it was sick got to play in that last throw of my career in that uh I threw an 80 yard touchdown it was pretty cool that was like a, a really cool yeah. way to end it like through I mean I didn't throw it 80 yards but I threw it you know 30 yard uh seam oh, ball God. and dude caught yeah. it and took it to the house so it was cool for that to be like my last play basically but then after that I started training for my pro day and I did it at ESI with Cole and uh, we got after it for four months man and I was on a strict diet counted all my calories all that stuff leaned up mm-hmm. you know I was like I mean I was like probably like 230 but I was like leaned up I ran a four six jumped 36 inches so I was like one of my peak athletic moments and I did it just off an M- uh, meniscus and MCL surgery too. Oh wow! So um, I was, you know, I was really f- happy with my performance. Like I was like, you know what? I went and worked, and I had this goal, and I went and achieved everything I wanted to in terms mm-hmm. of like my times and all that. And I hit 225 like 20 times. So like I was pumped with all that stuff. Those were like those small goals. Like all right, I want to do this, 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 this. I hit all of them. Unfortunately, I didn't get an opportunity to play at the next level, but, you know, there's a lot of different things that factor into that, and, mm-hmm. you know, but it's okay because I was, I was completely cool with that. I had a lot of opportunity to go play football overseas. I could have played at a lot of different places like that, um, but really what I wanted to do at that point, I wanted to start my own business and so get mm-hmm. my life started. I, I had a job. Start Chapter 3 pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, fortunately for me, I never wanted football just to be the only thing I was ever good at. Like, cause I learned like through my Arizona process, like I put all my value into me being a football player. So mm-hmm. what happens if that goes, you have no value left anymore. Yeah. You don't see that you have any value. And so that made, that made me like depressed. Right. And then after that, and I had that come to God moment and all that I went to West Lib and I started playing for the Lord and, and, and start doing that. Well, now my value isn't me as a football player. My value is me as Dakota, and I'm really good at doing football. Yeah. Or I'm, my value is Dakota, and I'm really good at doing Sky. Like, even as much I love Sky, but, like, that can't be my whole being. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, my being is, like, me being my relationship with the Lord. And then off of that, I can be great at all these different things. And, you know, I should be great at all those different things because I got the power of this Holy Spirit running through me. And so do yeah. you. And so does everybody else here. So... Um, it's cool process to get to mentor and teach kids that and make that a part of it, man. Cause a lot of people in today's world, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to 
rock anybody's boat or make anybody upset. But that's that's how it is, and that's how I believe in it. So it's I'm the gonna, power. It's the power. It's the power of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I know you were speaking about that little Nick Saban story. I love that. <laughs> I love to hear that story. So that was cool. So actually, so then through that process, doing the pro day and all that, I was also maybe thinking of getting into coaching. And so my dad played at WVU uh, back in the 70s, early 80s. One of the best fullbacks there, right? Yeah, he was a good fullback. He had 99 yards in the Peach Bowl game in 81 against Florida. Um, yeah, he was a dog. Um, but so Saban was actually a DB coach when my dad was at West Virginia. And so, like, you know, I'm, like, kind of putting my feelers out there to different coaches. A couple coaches I played against actually hit me up and wanted me to come coach over there. And uh, so my dad, I was, like, telling my dad that. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to call down Tuscaloosa. I'm going to call Saban. I'm like, Dad, you're so full of it, man. Like, what are you talking about? He's, yeah. like, he's like, I called. I left a message at the athletic office. Like, okay, Dad, whatever. Sick. And one day I'm sitting in class, and uh, I get a call. And I'm like, it's like from an Alabama number. I'm like, what is this? So I go out in the hall and I answer it. And it was, uh, give me a second. I got to remember the coach's name. It's He was their D coordinator, and I think he's the head coach at Tennessee now. Um his name is escaping me right now, but it was it was Saban's D coordinator, and he calls me, and he's like, "Hey, this is Coach such such. Um, I wanted to let you know, Coach Saban gave me your number. Uh, he said he heard from your dad. He called down. You're interested in getting into coaching, so I just wanted to like you know interview you and see if you'd be a good fit for our GA position." I was like, "Oh my God, bro!" You were probably like, "Oh shit!" I was like, <laughs> "That means Nick Saban said my name." <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, I talked to him and like just told him my background and all that, and he was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" You know, you know, he was like honest. Like, you know, a lot of times for these positions, like it's usually former players and stuff, yeah. but we'll keep you in in the loop. So it was cool. You know, I didn't obviously nothing really came of that. But uh, it just was like the experience. Yeah, just the like, fact that that oh even my God, happened. Nick Saban said my name. Yeah, exactly. He said, "Call this guy." So, you know, that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. I know uh, whenever you were playing in Arizona, w did you have, like, a strong bond with any of your coaches? Like, was there, like, any, like, people that really, really, like, stood out to you and, like, were connected with you? Well, I'd say Coach Castile, I mean, at the time, like, you know, you're all locked in on football, and so he's coaching you up. But that guy um, – he's done a lot for me like since I le left Arizona basically like he stayed in touch with me he's followed my career um he was good friends with my West Liberty coach so like I remember like one time I had a really bad injury at West Lib like my helmet came off in a game and my ear the top of my ear detached from my head because I got hit Ooh. in the side of the head bare head and so I like it was a big deal I was bleeding I got off the field my whole face is blood I had to go to the hospital get stitches like they wrote an article about it. everybody's like everybody's like freaking out they thought I lost my ear <laughs> and he hit me up and he was like yeah I'm really proud of you you're doing a really good job down at West Lib and this and that and so I remember that like that meant a lot to me like wow man my coach from Arizona he, you know there he's doing his own thing now whatever how many kids have come through his program he still kept yeah. up with me followed me on Facebook and stuff and still to this day like we, we were just down at WVU spring game and he saw me came right up gave me a big hug started talking to all you guys started giving you mm -hmm. guys the insights all the kids on what they're looking for and recruits and even hit him up after that and just said thanks coach for you know just taking the time to talk to the guys and all that and he's like anytime man he's proud of me this and that so I'd say coach Castile um, you know 
was he's a big influence and it's been cool to see him actually kind of follow me a little bit after that and stay in touch which shows that it was more than just football for him like he wants to see these yeah. kids do better so that's awesome to see and even coach gibson who brought me out there and i saw him one time after after west virginia spring game and he came up dapped me up so that's cool to see these coaches when you think of how many different players are coming in and out mm -hmm. of their programs each year to still be involved in and in, in, uh you know like wishing their players well in their future endeavors yeah I know, like, especially with not even just football related, just making a connection with them, like, that that ought to feel good. Like, I don't even play for this school anymore, and they're texting me still, reaching out to me. So it makes you feel deep down of, like, I really made an impact on this person, football or non-football. Like, you right. created that bond and friendship between you and the coach or you and the player. Yeah. Like it, it says something, yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure not every single person that ever goes through is still going to be in touch with your coach. So if you can make a positive impact or you showed that you worked hard and they respect your hustle, then, you know, that's a that's a good testament yeah. to you as a player. And that, that's one thing I always – I tried to leave the field. I didn't win every game. I didn't win every award. I didn't play in every All-Star game. I didn't play in the NFL. But I know that pretty much every time I left the field – the opposing coaches and the other opposing players have respect for how I played the game. And so that's how I always wanted to, like, leave the game was, like, I play hard. They got respect for me. don't mean we all might always win, but, like, they know I'm going to be a You'll son come. of a bitch to play. Yeah. yeah. Were you much of, like, a, a chirper on the field? Did you talk much on I the could field? definitely chirp, yeah. <laughs> I definitely can chirp. I mean, sometimes as a quarterback, I try to keep it a little bit more calm because, like, you got to be just more even keeled throughout the game. But I definitely like to talk a little. Definitely. Yeah. After now, a play, you, run somebody over. Now, if if you could go back 10 years from now or five years from now and switch your sport, what sport would you go to? Like, football was Ooh. off the table. I always wanted to play lacrosse, bro. Lacrosse. I feel like I would have been a really good lacrosse player. Because I remember one summer I was messing around with my neighbor. with He had a stick, and we were doing I started to learn that. And I just feel like from, like, the, 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 like the physicality part, the speed and agility, like, similar to football, like running through and passing. I felt like it would have been a cool, fun sport to play. Yeah. Now, like, so say if you didn't go down the football path and you picked up lacrosse, would, would do you think you would still be Dakota Conwell today? It's a really interesting question. I mean, I think everything that's happened in my life has made me who I am today, so I wouldn't be the same person had I changed any of those things. You know what I mean? I'd mm -hmm. be different in some way, but I'm sure I'd still be similar, hopefully, and you know what I mean? Hopefully I'll learn my lessons in that way. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Because I know with lacrosse, I have a lot of buddies that are going uh, D1, D2 for lacrosse from my high school. And they they said the recruiting process is a lot different from football compared to lacrosse. Like okay. lacrosse, it's more organized because there's less kids that mm -hmm. play lacrosse. So it's more of a more accurate ranking system. Um, they bring kids on visits. They offer them on the visit. And then my buddy told me if they offered him on the visit, and if he didn't accept, they pulled the offer. Oh, uh, really? It's like yeah. expected to be like right now. Yeah, like we bring you to the campus, we show you everything. But if you don't like it, we need to know your answer now, because there, because there's is only a limited amount of great right. lacrosse players. Right, right. Yeah, there's less scholarships and stuff like that too. Over there, I could see it being way different. Football's, football's its own animal. I mean, yeah, it's the biggest sport. Most scholarship, most money goes into it, so it's gonna be. You're gonna have guys who, you know. You see on signing day, they pick the hat. They have 30 different yeah. schools who are offering them. You know. Oh, I hate the uh, 
the uh, I pick one hat, then throw it over my shoulder, and pick another hat. Oh, fake, put it on. Yeah, like just pick doing too school. much, yeah. man. Yeah, that that's just disrespectful to the coaches and like. It's like if I'm going here, I'm picking this hat, putting it yeah. on, thanking my family. I remember when I on. committed, I called every school who gave me an offer, and I told them, I said, "Coach, I want to thank you for the opportunity to go to your school. I'm actually going to go here." And I remember mm-hmm. coaches, a couple of those coaches, like, "You know what? We barely get this happen, but we appreciate it. That shows a lot about your character." And uh, I think that's something you want to take into life. If somebody gives you an opportunity to do something, like just because you're not going to take it, don't go spit in their face yeah. about it, bro. Like that's again, that's that like selfish behavior. Oh, look at me, I'm. Going to Texas a and I'm so sick, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, humble yourself a little bit and mm-hmm. be appreciative that you did have all those opportunities, you know what I mean? Because so many people wish they did. and oh, people die for Die for them, man. And so many, so many people who could have them, they still can't, you know, they can't because of injuries and health reasons and family situations and stuff off the field. Like, mm-hmm. to be great at anything in this world, you have to be so grateful because at any moment it can be taken away, bro. Yeah. And we see it every day in the world, bro. We're terrible things happen you know what i mean in the in the sports world even outside of the sports world like i i love going down the street and like i say i say hello to people like ask them how their day is going because they might not get that in their life everybody's living their own different life you don't know what's going on with them like just going down the street or going into the store asking how somebody's day doing having a nice little conversation with them can always brighten up somebody's day even if even if they're at their worst of the worst, you can make an impact on someone. Like going through a drive-through and paying for the person behind you. Those are things I, I, I like doing because it just makes me feel good, and it also benefits the person behind me, and it will cause that effect of like, oh, someone did something nice for me. Now I'm gonna go help someone. And like, I, what our what our group Solar AM is all about is positivity. Like, yeah. we really want to spread that positivity in branching uh, athletes and Web three together. It, it's a it's a great spot for us to fall into and it's it's just so pure being able to be positive and have that effect on people yeah man trying to be a a light in this world you know i mean there's Mm -hmm. so much darkness and so much hate and stuff like just like you said giving somebody a compliment you know being nice to somebody that day you know that can make a lot a big difference in their day that one dude who walked by me in campus that one day he said something you mean he prophesied to me you know that can make a difference. And sort of change like, your whole life. It did like, man? The, the, the road of your life. Like what if I was going down have? here, and then I, you know I ended up going <laughs> this way. I could have been over there. Yeah, like what if he never even came up to you? Like would you even have Scott? Would yeah, Scott, Scott be, might not be here, right? And mm-hmm. then think, and then it's like it's like the ripple effect. It's like wow, then how many different kids we wouldn't have helped? Yeah, I mean maybe that didn't. You know, so it's everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? And I really do believe that God has a plan. So. You know, I'm in this plan, and, and through that chat, some chapters might not be as good as others, but you just push through it, man, trust in his plan, and through the darkness, there will always be a brighter day. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to get through the trials to, to get the other side of the storm, and it's so beautiful on the other side of the storm. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many trials it takes, you just keep pushing through it. Grind, baby. Yeah. just got to grind. It's all about the mental aspect of it. Absolutely, dude. So I got some uh, quick, like, quick hit questions for you. So we got bench. Well, we got start, bench, cut. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Oh, man. Wow, that's tough. That's three amazing quarterbacks. And I feel like just because Rodgers lost in the first round last year, I'm cutting him. Okay. And then I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to – Bench Mahomes, I'm going to start Josh Allen. Bench Mahomes. Just because Mahomes' team ain't as strong this year. They lost Tyreek, and I feel like yeah. 
his team might be I think I think Allen is he's really gonna be going like this, which Mahomes is too, but I just feel like at last year too, after that really close playoff game, like Allen's got a lot to prove this year. He's he's really gonna take off, I feel like this year. Okay. But I love Mahomes. I I don't want to bench him, but All right, now you got you got Julio Jones in his prime. You got um Ocho Cinco in his prime and you have uh Des Bryant in his prime. Who are you picking? Julio Ocho Cinco Des Bryant. Who am I picking or am I doing yeah, bench start bench, cut? Yeah, bench start cut. Julio Ocho Cinco and who was the third one? Uh Des Bryant. Des Bryant. I'm benching Des cuz he didn't have the lowest probably career. I'm probably I'm benching or I'm cutting Des, I'm benching Julio and I'm starting uh, You're benching Julio. Or no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm benching Ocho and I'm starting Julio. Okay, I was about I'm sorry. To say, yeah. I was getting mixed up yeah. with all the names right there. I'm like, who are we talking about again? <laughs> all right, then you got Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you got no, actually, we'll go Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Joe Mixon. In their prime. In their prime. Like we're talking like Saquon Barkley from Penn State because he sort of. Has I'm taking. I'm starting Saquon Barkley from Penn State because that dude was sick at Penn State, and I think mm-hmm. he's not far off doing the same in the NFL. He's had some injuries. Not a great team. And then I'm probably gonna bench uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and then I'm gonna cut Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. He's nice, but mm-hmm. Zeke in his prime was a dog too. Yeah, Zeke was crazy at Ohio State. He, yeah, he was a dog at Ohio State. Even early with the Cowboys, man. Mm-hmm. Dogged on the Steelers the one year, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember uh, Joe Mixon. I, I think it was last year or two years ago. It went viral. Him laying a linebacker out on the Steelers. Like, he linebacker came through the hole. Mixon came up, just blew him up and set the block, and they scored on that play. Yeah. One of the craziest blocks I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah, be able to do it all at the next level. Block, catch, tackle, mm-hmm. I mean, everything. So, now you've got – Luke Keekley. Mm, we'll just go. We'll just go overall defensive players. Like you can. Doesn't matter the position. We'll go Aaron Donald. We will go mm, Deion Sanders, and we will go Ed Reed. Jeez, bro, you make not making this easy, man. Got to go. Ed Reed's getting cut because he's from the Ravens, dog. Oh. As a Steelers fan, that's what I got to do. And then, uh, I'm going to go. Who's the other one? Is AD and who? AD and Deion Sanders. Ooh, prime time. Man. Like, you picking a lockdown corner? Or I know. You picking an unstoppable I probably got to go bench prime, bro, and that's hard to even say just because, like, you could throw away from him. And I got to start Donald because he's just – you can't yeah. stop him. He's an interior lineman. You, we played him in the playoffs yeah. in high school. We couldn't – we had three guys trying to block him, and he wasn't – that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. He was a dog. Yeah. Especially at Pitt, man. He, he was just insane at Pitt. He just – such an inspiring person, too. Like, his whole story just – it's so pure and like what he does for kids and like the program they're starting up. Him and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. they they both started up this brand for kids and helping kids out with sports. And it's yeah, it's, it's awesome. He does a lot for the city of Pittsburgh, man. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's he's he the goat. Play for the Steelers. Though. That'd be sick if he did. Won't ever probably won't ever happen, but it'd be sick if you had him and T.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah, that'd be 
unstoppable. Yeah. It'd be a great, great team. How do you feel about uh, Kenny Pickett coming to Pittsburgh? Um, I think Kenny, you know, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he has a, you know, he did great things at Pitt. I think he could be good with the Steelers. I personally was hoping the Steelers would wait a year on a quarterback and just play this one out with Mitch and then maybe next year try to get like a really elite guy to compete with Burrow and Watson and, and Jackson. They didn't go that route, so I'm rooting for Kenny. I, I think he could be a good player. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's it's going to be tough for him, like competing against those guys, you know what I mean? Um, it's a tough division, so he's got a high, high expectation yeah. to try to come in and, and compete with those guys. Um, but I just kind of wanted the Steelers to just continue to build out their roster and then worry about the quarterback next year. Yeah. Like, I didn't think they needed to go from Ben right to their next franchise guy. Like, you can give it a year and see if you can land somebody even bigger and see what Mitch does. But they did it. They got Pickett, so we here. Mm-hmm. So I hope he develops into a good quarterback and they're right back on top. No, that, that was definitely a great, like, business business uh, yeah. decision too. so that's selling seats it's selling jerseys you know yeah hometown kid hometown fans bringing back to the city right yeah, that, that was definitely a huge marketing standpoint for the yeah. Steelers like, yeah and he got surrounded by some great receivers too yeah after some great great receivers Pickens and uh Austin those guys I'm excited yeah. about them Steelers don't usually miss on receivers so mm-hmm. I'm pumped up about that um, I just, yeah, I wanted to see them beef up their O-line a little bit, maybe another backer or D-line. They got a D-lineman, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, see. I saw, I saw uh, Antonio Brown tweeted about a week ago he wants to come back to the Steelers. <laughs> and then he tweeted that, uh, he said, I just want to retire as a Steeler. I don't yeah. want to play. Yeah. Hey, he needs to just go mind his own business, do his mm-hmm. podcast and stuff. No, back in, like, 2016, I think it was, 2016, 2017, when A.B. and Le'Veon Bell, oh, I was – one of the one of the best teams to not do anything out of it like yeah. that team talent was just, wise. yeah that was a shame they missed their window man in the mid-teens we should have won a super bowl oh yeah they missed their window and killer bees yeah we lost against green bay in 09 right yeah no that was 11 that was 11 yeah it was 2011 we yeah, lost was... to green bay in the super bowl yeah man well i really appreciate you coming on our first episode of the podcast yeah, it was man. a pleasure to have you. Absolutely. We've got some great stuff to talk about. Thank you for, especially for spreading the knowledge that you have to, to everybody. And it uh, it definitely shows how much you care about your business, how much you care about these athletes you're training with. And it, it's it's very, very positive, very positive aspect you guys have here. It's, yeah. It really, it was, it's an honor to be a part of Sky and train with you guys and be a part of the family. It, it's It's great, so. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you yeah, having me on anytime, course, dude. Of course. So go eat right. Go get, eat right. Go work get out. Strong. Yep. Get that protein in you. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. How do you want me to uh, send this over to you?